Hey, what's up, everybody? The next episode is super cool because I met Hoist Gracie in Japan, asked him to come on my podcast, and he's going to be here, so don't miss it. Talking to the legend, the pioneer of MMA, Hoist Gracie. とは言いな感じで生まれてきつりするんだ新宿で育ちこの街で大きたこれまでの俺たちの心待ての生い立ちは本の末たちの口試されたいちいち正してきた過ちただしてきた過ちたましない正しないは日中の始まり放課後の登
e because people want to learn karate, taekwondo, kung fu, whatever martial art it is, not to score a point. They want to learn to defend themselves in a street fight situation. But look at like, a, I think it was the last Olympics that I can't remember if it was karate or taekwondo. A guy got knocked the opponent out and he got disqualified for too much of excessive force. The one that got knocked out won the medal. Uh, it was like, it's a shame. Not simple, yeah. It was a shame, you see. So it's like, it's, but yeah. martial arts in general was not made for point system. Like you said, it was made for you to defend yourself in a street fight situation. Everybody's looking for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Hoist, we were super lucky that uh, you ran into Ensign while you were in Japan. Um, we were unfortunate because your trip seemed very short. We were, hope we were hoping, oh, maybe we could do this face-to-face while I was in Japan as well. But um, I just wanted to just hear a bit about your trip, you know, your experiences at the Ryzen event. Was there any, you know, particular fights or fighters that you were impressed with? And, and what was your just overall thoughts on, on, on the trip? Man, I take my hats off for all the fighters out there. If people think it's, oh, it's, yes, I'm going to go over there and fight. No, the time that these guys put on the, on the, on the training camp, you see, they don't just come out of, okay, I'm going to fight tomorrow. No, they are ready to fight tomorrow, but the time that they put it in and Ryzen versus Bellator, it was uh, all the fights went to distance. So that's how the level is. The level is so high. So it's not like one champion killed the other champion. Nah, it could happen, but the level is so high, man. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was super surprised to see. I mean, I, I kind of knew. I when I saw the prediction, I was like, oh man. I hope they actually just do a good showing. I, I thought the Bellator guys are, are probably a a level above the rising guys, but I was really happy with the way they performed. It showed that, you know, rising fighters are, can compete in, in the world, which is, which was super cool to see. It was, it's like, it's like, it's not like they're like, got knocked out or got submit on the first round, the first minute. No, no, they all went to the distance. So we showed the level is pretty high. How did you like the production? Oh man, Japanese production is always awesome. They always <laughs> put up a show. My son was there with me, and he was like, "Wow, this is impressive!" <laughs> did it? Uh, it's, a did it's a whole show that they put up. <laughs> did it? Did it take you back, Royce, when uh, they they played the the Pride theme? Oh yes, they always take walk in this the. the quietness of the crowd you can hear pin drop until it's time to cheer such a polite crowd man it's unbelievable so the coaches don't have to yell they can talk to their fighters <laughs> yeah 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 can hear everything what hoist when you go to japan is there do you have a particular favorite memory i mean you've you've visited so many times right for so many fights and i'm, I'm imagining you've been in the interim, even after your career, I was wondering, is there a particular favorite memory you have of your time in Japan? Oh, man. I always like to visit the same old spots, go 
walk around by Rupongi, go walk around by Shibuku Station. It's just, just to walk around to be able to see again and again <laughs> Ginza and go all these places, man. It's just, just to walk around. It's like, wow, okay, I remember this. It's always a good feeling. <laughs> Nothing like Japan, yeah? Awesome. And go eat Guru Guru. always good food right so (laughs) so um i mean we're curious you know before this uh you know we did the episode me and Anson were kind of talking around um you know different topics talk about this episode and one of the things we were curious about was you know for me personally as, as as an mma fan mma kind of starts in 1993 with yourself in that ufc one but Back in Brazil, before you know UFC one, how much was Vale Tudo a thing? Like, were, were, were these like big fighting events going on while you were you know growing up? Okay, um, <laughs> my uh, my there was a Japanese gentleman doing business with my grandfather in Brazil. Let's say Maeda. Maeda was doing business with my father with my grandfather. In exchange of good faith, he taught my uncles the art of jiu-jitsu. My father couldn't do it because he was too small, too weak. Um, so he would sit down and watch. And my uncles went to open up and start teaching a school in academy in Brazil. My father the whole time watching. When one day my uncle was late for a class, my father jumped in and told the student, hey, I'm not instructed, but I'll review the moves with you and taught that student a class. How can I put it? Um, he didn't invent a new art. He didn't create a new art. He adapted the art for himself so a smaller person would be able to do it. Um, he didn't invent it. He always used to say, he didn't invent the car. He didn't invent the wheel. What he invented was the jack. So with one hand, you can put the jack underneath the car and pump the car up, they, they got leverage, lift the car off the ground and change the tire. Back in the old days, let's say, in order for you to change the tire, you need a strong one to lift the car and another one can move and change the tire. Wow, well, a couple of strong guys hold the car, so he invented the leverage into the moves. Um, wow, interesting. Once he, once he created that, once he, that's when my uncle arrives and my uncles are like, hold on, the student now wants to take class with you. What did you show him? And that became like, well, I just adapted for myself. Instead, hold it this way. If you hold it this way, it's much easier. It doesn't require strength. So then became a quest for my family. Because everybody back in the day, my father, my uncles, everybody did all the other styles just to claim that their style is the best. So there's only one way to find out. So they... It became a quest. On the beginning, a lot of people thought, oh, the graces are arrogant. They are trying to put down the other styles. No, we're not trying to put down the other styles. It's like any sport. Um, American football, base, baseball. Your team is the best. My team is the best. There's only one way to find out. Put them to play each other and see who is the best. So it became a quest for my family. Um, through, throughout the years, we run out of challengers. So growing up in Brazil, 
it was not like there was a lot of MMA fights. And when I was growing up, there was none. It was like, let's say, a peace, quiet time. So there was none because everybody already believed. My father's been doing, my uncles, my cousins, my brothers, they've been doing this and fighting people for so many years. Everybody believed at the time. When I came to America, start all over again. Because Holly was here, my older brother. And then it was, again, we're facing people that back then there was not the speed of internet didn't exist. <laughs> so, <laughs> answer is from the time of black and white TV. <laughs> answer and I. <laughs> I just give you answer. <laughs> but there was, there was, so there was not much of a challenge back then in Brazil. When I moved to America, it started all over in America again. So I probably got more of these challenges in America. I saw more in America than I saw in Brazil. But then at the same time, there was some um, luta livre and the, 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 the wrestling that, that came into Brazil. And, okay, let's test ourselves. And that was when Marco Rua shows up, Marco Rua and a lot of those guys show up. It's like, hey, we want to put it to the test. We're starting to mix some stuff. They're learning jiu-jitsu. They're learning some boxing. Let's put it to the test against the Gracies. So, and that's when it became like a rivalry back in Brazil. Wow. Super interesting. That's crazy. So that rivalry, I mean, how long did the rivalry last for? Because it's it's pretty infamous, right, in MMA. Like, <laughs> It lasts for a long time in Brazil. Yeah. Brazilians take it very personal. They could not see each other from one team, see another person from another team. It doesn't matter <laughs> if he's on the beach, if he's in a wedding. The fight's going to happen. We're going to put it to test now. Oh, you talk trash about my team? You talk trash about my style? Let's do it now. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of a wedding or it's a Sunday morning at the beach. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of videos like that where they met in the pavilion and, you know, when Ugo saw Higgin, Hickson on the beach and had the yep, Hoyler, a- I think, uh, Hoyler Tadu, yeah, yes. Eugene. And Hoyler, that was girl, a long yes. fight that video it's like hey let's do it too. so you gotta be constant you gotta be ready you see there's no such a thing <laughs> as that wait give me three months no 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 we're gonna do this tomorrow okay <laughs> let's do it <laughs> yeah no no training camps right it was, be <laughs> it was no training camps. yes <laughs> that's awesome um so one of the things Hoist, we we talk about on this podcast quite a lot is Ensign's mentality of going into the fights and how he was literally prepared to die in the ring um, during his fights. We were curious to hear kind of what your mentality was going in the ring. I'm not thinking about going home to eat dinner that night. Before the fights, I'm asleep. My brother have come in, tickle my head, wake me up, whisper. Can you please wake up, brother? Come on, get up. <laughs> and they stretch me left and right and pull me every direction. And and heart rate is very low. So it's like they have to try to pump me up. But I'm not thinking about going home to eat dinner. I told Hoist back in Japan when I saw him that my whole uh, mindset about, you know, fighting for my honor, fighting to the death. Like for me, 
um, dying in the ring was something that I accepted. And it, it, and I've, I've been asked this question a lot. And it asked, well, was it your childhood? Was it this? No, it was, it was because of the Gracie family. When I was training in Hawaii under Helsin, that was what we understood. You know, the Gracies were fighting for their honor. They're fighting for their family name. And they're, they're ready to die for it. You know, so when, when I kept hearing that, it, I, that, that was my, the Gracies were my mentors, you know, Helsin, Hoist, Hickson, you know, and for me, that's the only way I was taught that, you know, I'm learning for the streets. I'm not learning for a sport. I'm learning for the streets. The guys I look up to fight to the death. And that's what be, it became of me. Like I was fighting for my honor. And instead of breaking my honor, I'd rather die. It's, that, it's was like a, that was then. That, <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, people sometimes get, oh my God, don't you worry. What if you get hurt? Well, people get hurt every year playing golf. <laughs> people get hurt swimming. People get hurt playing volleyball, soccer. You see, so what if you get hurt? Well, I'm not afraid to get hurt. If I get hurt, I got hurt. Well, what's the worst can happen? He's going to break my neck and I'm going to die? Hmm. I don't believe so. Let's put it to the test. Let's do it. Let's do this. <laughs> so it's like, a, let's put it to the test. It's like, but he might punch a hole through your chest. Hmm. I, he's deadly. Okay, let's see it. <laughs> I, I want to see his, how he's going to punch a hole through my chest. <laughs> you see, he's going to kick your head off your shoulders and people put their imagination. It's like, okay, do it. <laughs> it was real interesting because when, uh, when Hoist fought in the UFC one. I was already training. I think I was a blue belt at the time, but I was already training in, and I knew how how um, good Gracie Jiu Jitsu was, and I knew the whole world didn't know. So when we went to watch it, you know, all these, I, I was, I remember, I think I watched it in Japan, but I remember when it happened, all these people were like seeing all how big these guys were, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my god, these guys don't even know. What Gracie Jiu Jitsu can do, I mean, the, the art is so amazing. I mean, it's you, the you, when I did like a lot of people say, well, I start training because I saw you fighting. I tell them, you never saw me fighting. People never saw me fighting. They saw the technique. That's what attracts them. Not me. It wasn't this beauty. <laughs> it was the technique <laughs> that attracts people. So... And same thing with my father. My father used, was a much smaller person than the opponents, and but wasn't because of the size, was because of, of his looks. It was because of the technique that he presented. I think your father, when he was, I think he was uh, 76 or 77, I think, he came to Hawaii, and he came to Helsin's class, and he lined up, Everybody in the class, like huge guys, had some big, big guys. He lined Mind. them up. He mounted us, James. And he's so fast and sharp. He tapped out everybody, one wow. after another. Yeah, it was amazing, man. 
that's what I remember about Elio, man. Elio Gracie, man. Amazing movement. So quick, so sharp. It's amazing. For a lot of people that met my father, that did that met my father, that did not, they used to say, they used to say, this old man is so fast. This old man, it's so strong. Because when he holds you, he holds you, right? People yeah, think, yeah. yeah, he's so strong, he's so fast. He wasn't fast and he was not strong. Timing, he had perfect timing. Timing made him fast. And leverage no, was, made him strong. It was, it was he would grab one hand in and he'd play around. He'd like, whoa, whoa. He'd like, play around. Boom, it's in, like, whoa. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. And then when he holds the bite like a pit bull, man, he won't let go. He lays down and it's like, ooh, like, whoa. I mean, he, he tapped out everybody in the class. Yeah, so, but you people, know, people, other people, thing, think that, people think that my father was strong. He was not. He had perfect leverage, and he was fast. No, he was not. It's the difference between two boxers or two fighters. It's timing. They all know the same thing, but who have the best timing is the one that's going to win. You know what I wanted to ask you, Hoist, is because um, you said something to me at the, um, when I met you in Japan. You said something about when I was talking about willing to die in the ring, you looked at me and said, what the hell were we thinking, you know? Like, how, how do you look at it now? Like, for me, I really felt that was the best way to die in the ring. And I was, I actually, if I died, I'd wanted to die in the ring. And now I'm thinking to myself, man, wow, I do not want to die in the ring. I want, I want to live longer, you know? How do you, but, but, how do you look at it now? You, you're willing I'm still thinking the same way. It's not question. It's like um, there was a lot of myth out there, like I was saying earlier. Some other styles would say, yeah, because if I punch you, I'll make a hole to your chest and rip your heart out. Hmm. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I'll kill you. Okay. Let's do this. I want to see it. You see? So we're more of a betting. We're more of a accepting the challenge from the other styles. Because it's not like we're going to play Russian roulette. They eventually somebody's going to get shot. No. You see? What's the worst that can happen? I think I hit, get a knockout. Okay. I don't know if you can hit me. I, don't, I trust my style. You trust your style that you can hit me. I, don't, I trust my style that I can choke you. So let's bet on this. Let's go for it. You see? But a lot of people create their imagination. Also, though, if, if you remember back in the day, there was a lot of myth. When we got to America, Horton first got to America, the Black Belt magazines, Inside Kung Fu, Inside Karate, there was so much myth on that one when we were growing up over here, you see that people are like, yeah, and I'll touch and you're going to drop. It's like, <laughs> really? Remember those days? So it's like, come yeah. on, man. It's like, yeah. yeah, if I touch, I'll paralyze you for a week. Okay, fucking let's do it. Let's, come on, let's, let's put it to the test. So it was not like, okay, I'm going to die. No, uh, he's going to kill you with a death touch. It's like, huh, okay. 
let's try, let's do this. But if we, we realize ahead of everybody that what's the worst that's going to happen? He's going to hit me, knock me out, or pass out, wake up, the hospital. Okay, great. Let's do it again. So we kind of blow the wheels on that, on the myth that exists back then. <laughs> one of, one of the things changed, that... It changed the whole idea of martial arts. Hmm. But, the, but the whole... But the whole uh, um, no weight division, no time limit. Mm -hmm. Now that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> no gloves. <laughs> you fight with no gloves, no time limit, yeah. no weight division. It's like fighting guys 100 pounds heavier than you. It's like, ah, what I was thinking, man. <laughs> but again, we'll put him to the test. We'll put him to the test. What if he's a smaller person having to fight, defend himself against somebody bigger and stronger? You can never pick your opponents on the street. And I tell this all the time in my classes. People ask, well, but what about weight division? Hold on. If you're walking down the street and somebody comes over, pinch your girl on the, on the buns, you're going to say, hold on, honey, I'll take care of this. Uh, excuse me, how much do you weight? Uh, sorry, go back to my girl. I was like, sorry, he's not on my weight division. I would have beat him up if he was. It's like, there's no <laughs> such a thing on the streets. <laughs> you don't pick your opponents. doesn't matter how big, how strong, how heavy, how fast, how young, how old. doesn't matter. You see, you don't pick the yeah. opponents. One of the things I'm really curious about from both you guys is you work with Notorious, right, for just not tapping with submissions. You know, the guys, you know, who you were facing might have something quite close, something quite deep, and it did not look like it was ever going to be an option for you guys to not tap. That's something you do not see these days in MMA, right? You know, we actually, me and Anson talked about a recent example where one of the, the fighters, current fighters, Bryce Mitchell, was saying, you will have to kill me to finish me. But then, you know, he got the choke and he tap pretty quick, right? So it to me, it seems like that has kind of, disappeared in modern day MMA like wh why do you guys think that is I think because today they're thinking of a career dude somebody catching arm lock man and I hurt my arm I'm going to spend six months out I can't I can't stay six months out and then start training again it's going to be a whole year before I fight again so they're thinking of a career back then we were thinking about our heart you see you catch me now, I'm locked, man. There's no way I'm going to quit. Go ahead, break it. Take it home with you. But I'm not going to quit. So I think today's more of a career. Back then was more of a moral, more of a personal issue. Yeah, I think back then we fought for honor. Like what yeah. you said, heart. Yeah. And, you know, for the people nowadays, it's a sport. It's a way to make a living. You can't get too hurt because you're gonna have to. You're not gonna be able to fight and get a payday. You know, I think it's uh it's changed. It's a whole different era. Like you know, a lot of people are, you know, like the people that are fighting nowadays. It's, it's because it's a sport and it's understood. Back in the day when Hoist was getting into the ring in UFC one, two, three, four, only the people who were fighting for honor or the people who wanted to test their heart. We're fighting, not these people who are thinking, I want to, because they weren't making that much money. It was like nowadays they're making so much more money when, you know, it's like you're not fighting for money or fame. I mean, it was considered what a human cockfighting is illegal in most of the states, you know. So it wasn't a popular sport, man. It was the guys that are getting in the ring 
were there to test themselves. Yes, we're not thinking about money. Eh, if we get no. paid, we get paid. If we don't get paid, <laughs> life goes on. So we're not thinking about that. It was not a, a, a money-making. It was not a, uh, a job. It was more of a proving grounds, test ourselves, honor. How do you, how do you feel about back in your day and back in my day when it was still like a martial art where you're testing yourself to now it's changed to a sport and now it's even going further into entertainment where they're shit talking each other. They're, you know, how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel about that movement of the sport? I mean, at the beginning, like you said, it was a style against a style. So it was proving grounds. Everybody was trying to, to find out what works and what doesn't. Like, like I said, whistle blow all the, the myths out there, the death touches and the punching a hole to your body. And it's like, okay, it doesn't really exactly happen that way. So we, we blew that out. Um, then it became, everybody had to learn Jiu-Jitsu. It became not a star against a star anymore, but it became an athlete against an athlete. But now they have to sell tickets. Some people can talk. Some people can talk trash. Some people don't need to talk trash. So, and they sell the fights. Um, Khabib, for instance, doesn't need to talk trash. He sells the fight. He shows up and people are going to be like, his presence. There was a lot of that back in the day. Charisma. You see, he doesn't have to say a word. He will come in and he will perform. He will sell the fight. But a lot of people force the trash talk and then become insulting. You see, it's not just trash talk. We had that back in the days. There were some guys that could talk trash. But then there were some guys that always tried to force to talk trash. And that doesn't come out. It comes out more like an insult. It come out like, yeah, come on. It's another one to be. You see yeah, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. Do you find yourself still a fan? I know you're the uh, ambassador for Bellator Hoist, but are you still a fan of the sport? Oh, yes. I like to watch the champions hmm. because they know how to use this. That's why they're the champions. They're not just coming in to duke it out in a bloody mess. And No, not a, 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 they're not trying to impress the crowd, that show the crowd that they're tough. No, they're the champions for a reason. That's, that's an awesome way of looking at it. Any, any, any particular champion that you're a particular fan of? All of them. Yeah. All of them. All those fighters that come in and, and put their time in a cage and, and they know how to use strategy. And they make it, the fight sometimes look it's easy. It took only 30 seconds. But go see how many hours he put on the, on the, on the training camp. You see, yeah. it's been years training, and he was able to make the opponent take the wrong step, knock the opponent out in 30 seconds, but it wasn't easy. Yeah, awesome. Um, just going back in time a little bit, a few questions on, on that side of stuff. UFC won, right? Um, there are plenty of different versions around why it was yourself representing the Gracie family in UFC 1. Um, 
we were wondering whether you could maybe just clarify and in your own words why it was yourself instead of maybe Hickson or, or one of the other brothers. Why, why, looks, why were you... man, come on. It was simply looks. It was going to be on national TV. <laughs> if you say going to put an ugly brother, ugly cousin, come flower ears, face all smashed up, you got to put somebody good looking, man. Come on. <laughs> the poster boy. <laughs> you should have known that, James. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Was, my father was like, hold on. Who's a, who's a good looking one in the family? <laughs> he has to keep claiming That's that he's a good looking one. Yeah. Actually, all of you guys are good looking, so. <laughs> no, it's a, it was a, I would say, I think I was on the right weight at the right time. And a, even though a lot of the brothers and cousins would have do the same job, they would have, um, they might, they were more violent, I would say. So my father's order was do not hurt your opponents. And I was like, Dad, he's, they're trying to knock me out. They're going to punch a hole through my chest. They're going to rip my head off. They're going to break my spine. And my father was like, well, use jiu-jitsu only. Clean jiu-jitsu. Do not hurt them. Maybe open hand slap. Do not draw any blood. He knew I would listen. He knew I was very calm. The other brothers would have do cousins would have do the same job, but would have been maybe a little more bloody. Would have elbow crossed somebody's face and make it bloody, and it would be not as impressive. You see? Yeah. Wow. I I did I did hear that because uh, they wanted to show the technique of jujitsu instead of the you know the like. The strength of Hickson up there pounding him, elbowing him in the head. They'd rather have the technique. I think, I think Helson told me that once after my second fight, because I, from the mount, or my first fight in uh, that I fought in Japan from the mount, I just mount punched the guy, and I could have took his arm, I could have took his neck, but I just stayed and punched. And I think Helson pulled me on the side and told me that you got to show jujitsu. Not that type of violence. I remember him telling me that. Yeah, that was the, the idea was to show that it's a, it's just a humane way to subdue your opponent. You don't need to bash the guy's face. You can even though he's a professional fighter, we can subdue the opponent without hurting the opponent. Awesome. Yeah, and so. You move, obviously, you know, you have the amazing success in all the UFC tournaments. You then move over to Pride. Um, one thing I was really curious about, and so was Ensign, was um, before Pride started, the big rivalry was between Takada and Hickson. And that kind of came from um, when there was an incident where Anjo came to Hickson's dojo. And it's very infamous. There's apparently a tape that no one's seen, although Ensign's seen it. <laughs> but I was curious, is that something you, were you in the gym when that happened? I was not. It was a surprise uh, visit by Andrew. It was like, hey, we're going to come over tomorrow. Okay. But then he showed up and was like, we're here to fight. We were like, Hickson was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> he knew he was coming, but I don't think it was announced that they were going to fight. It was a misunderstanding on, on the language. It was like, 
Well, Andy wants to come and visit. It's like, okay. And he showed up. He's like, I'm here to fight. He's like, done. Not going to go home now. You're not walking out. Close the door, please. Wow. <laughs> Lock the door. <laughs> it was funny because the Japanese, uh, Anjo came with like a Japanese TV crew. And, and they said they let Anjo in and they closed the doors on the crew. And after Anjo was asleep, on the mat, they went and opened the doors and let all the press in. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, he came in to, the, to do a show. and This is serious business for us, man. <laughs> it's just crazy how laid back you guys are and so prepared to fight, right? I think that's always what strikes me, that you guys are ready anytime, anywhere. So it doesn't matter if someone's flying all the way from Japan, you guys are ready to, to go to war. So... Super awesome. Um, I was lucky enough, Hoist, to actually be in the audience the, the day before Ryzen when they were doing the ceremony of weigh-ins. It was you sat down with Sakuraba, which was such a cool, cool visual to see you guys sat there talking about the fight. Um, what are your memories of that 90-minute war that you had with Sakuraba? That's crazy. It's like a, Sakuraba finally said that he joke around. I took it very serious. Brazilians takes this stuff serious. On the, I remember I arrived in Japan like two weeks before the fight, and they separate my team from me. They send my team to the hotel, and I, they told me, oh, no, no, it's going to be a small press conference. And I got there, it's a, a hotel ballroom packed with people, with media, and big conference. And they asked uh, they asked me to say a couple words, and I said, it's a tough opponent, always respectful, it's going to be a good fight. And, and then uh, Sakuraba grabbed the phone, the, the mic, and goes, um, yeah, it's going to be a good fight, it's a good opponent, but we should do a purse to the winner. And he brought this up on that, on that day. He's like, you should do a purse to the winner. And he's like, I was joking. I like, right away, I looked at him, and I was like, I wasn't joking, man. A purse to the winner. I got up and I stood up on the table and on the chair. It's like stood up and singles and go, okay, let's do it right now. You're a man, I'm a man. Let's do it right now. I just got off the plane. I'll go back on the same plane back to America. So and he got quiet. He didn't know what to say. He got he's like got stuck. Wow. I look at the media, I look at the promoters, I put the pack of money outside. The wind will be right out. Everybody go outside. And everybody stood still. It's like, I don't think this fight's going to happen now. I think you guys are going to have to wait for two weeks. And he's like, yeah, I was joking. He sold me on the media that day, New Year's evening. He's like, I was joking about it. Well, I took it serious, calling me out like this. It's a joke, a joke, man, calling me out. Come on, don't call me out. <laughs> we don't yeah. take jokes very well. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, that is definitely something that doesn't exist so much right today now, like... <laughs> <laughs> that level of like if you call me out i'm here <laughs> like, let's do it <laughs> yeah wicked um and then also in the pride run the one of the fights that always kind of stuck with me was uh the yoshida fight um the first one because of the scale of the event the shockwave 2002 91,000 people in the arena what what was that like to perform in front of such a huge crowd i don't know I don't know, because I, my mother said I always have selective hearing. 
I only hear my coaches, my brothers, my cousins, my father. That's it. The crowd, I don't hear the crowd. Uh, I only hear my families when they're talking to me, my coaches. That's it. <laughs> that's real. I mean, yeah. That... But yes, those 91,000 of the state. You can kind of see it in uh, whenever. Because 91,000 people, people in the stadium, 91,000 people in the stadium with live TV going on. Mm -hmm. It was huge. Yeah, it was massive, right? They kind of, yeah, the promotion of that was, yeah, it was really huge. pretty cool. Um, but the finish, right, was super controversial because they were said that you were out and you immediately protested that you weren't out. Um, you obviously... They, Kind of took quite a while before you could get that rematch. Was that at the time? Was that something that really annoyed you? Oh yes, I don't mind. I I lost before. I know how to lose, but don't cheat me. He just covered my face. Look at the ref and said, "Ref, he's out." Ref stopped the fight. It's like, whoa, hold on. I was up off the ground before the ref and him. I was standing up over the ref. Yeah. It's like, why did you stop? It's like, well, he said you were out. It's like. Dude, really? <laughs> yeah, we we, we know how to lose. We lost before, <laughs> but don't cheat, man, because that's a that's a very bad way to. Yeah, no. Yeah, to me, it was always one where it should have, you know, started the fight back up again because there was clearly no no tap or nothing. So I can only imagine guys like yourselves having that happen to you. How much that must infuriate you guys? That's it's a. Very bad feeling. Like I said, most fighters know if they lose, they know, okay, we'll, I lost. I admit. But to be cheap off it, and that was a very bad one. It wasn't even a close. It's not like he had something. He just practically just covered my face, covered my eyes, covered my, and just like look at the ref. It's like he passed out, ref. From what? He didn't have anything. So. Yeah. But I, then I on the rematch, the rematch, I beat the hell out of him for 15 minutes. And then it was a they draw, right? A, they considered <laughs> a draw because nobody quit. But I told my corner, I'm not going to tap him. I'm going to beat him up. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Anson, you never had That's that scenario, right? Ever. I mean, but you dealt with cheaters, right? Like, we, well, we talked about the Rosé well, fight. You know, with pride, yeah, they they had no clout over me. They knew I was the type of guy that wouldn't wouldn't take shit, and they had no they had no yakuza power over me either. So, you know, whenever they did like uh, you know those those sketchy fights with Takata, you know, and Takata Coleman, you know those those kind of kind of sketchy fights, I've never heard of or. That never came my way. I've never heard of that. I didn't even know if Omen Takata was real or whatnot. I I didn't know anything. They they were afraid to even. I they knew I'd get upset that I'm I'm in this this ring. I'm testing myself, and I would really not like people throwing fights or doing fake fights in in the ring that I'm stepping in. So yeah, I've never had anything like that. I've never had. They would never dare cheat me. Is that how you felt, Hoist? Did you feel like it was like the organization that, that almost cheated you in that sense? I don't know. I can't say that. I can't accuse anybody. 
But for the, the fighter to look at the ref and tell the ref, hey, he passed out, ref right away, stop the fight. And that's why they, they put that as a no contest. They know the ref messed up that one. So, but I can't accuse of who did what. My, my opinion on that is, my opinion is it probably wasn't Pride that did it, but I think it was Yoshida trying to find the easy way out of the fight and taking advantage of a very inexperienced referee. Totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be? Because <laughs> on, on the second fight, I just beat him up. Man. The entire 15 minutes, beat him up. He maybe hit me once or twice, maybe twice. <laughs> it, was a, it, wasn't even a, it wasn't a fight I called that was a beating and there's a great picture out there that I'm standing on higher <laughs> shoulders with my arms up and your shit is on the ground on his, knee, on his knees on the ground like crying <laughs> so I want to ask you one more thing as well um, just about your past in 2004 you signed up to fight Akebono a huge Hawaiian sumo wrestler. What possessed you to go back and do a fight with a man of that scale? I never choose opponent. Okay. Never choose opponent. They, they, my manager will call me up and go, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to fight Akibono. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the hard wow. part on that is to find the sparring partners. <laughs> There's six foot eight, 490 pounds. Find oh, partners. Yeah. We actually had to make a, yeah, a, a sparring yeah. partner. We make it a sparring partner. We I got two guys that weigh 250 each one and tie a belt around their waist. They hug each other. Okay, they'll be hugging each other, and they'll be one use the left hand, one will use the right hand. Wow. And put both of them on top of me and to punch me from the guard. Because <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be inside of my guard. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I didn't have anybody that big. I had to get used to How did you to find it. that fight? Was it, was it hard at all? To get. Um, yeah. He's heavy. After we went to the ground the first time, I did not believe that he would be able to get up. And he did get up. He got up and I was on the, going to his back and he just swiped me off like a fly. Uh, man. So I pulled me against the ropes. I was like, I can't believe this guy got up, man. I was like, wow. Fuck, I thought he once he goes to the ground, he would not be able to get back up. But he got up pretty fast. I was going to his back from the guard, walking uh, to his back. He got up and just swiped me off. I was like, ah, let's do it again. Came over here for this. So same thing, brought him to my guard. From the guard, got to omoplata and wrist lock. Yeah. I never chose opponent. Like you have seen the, from the beginning, the first one was three fights in one night. The second one was, my brother told me, it's going to be four fights now. I was like, okay. It's the same test for everybody, not just for me. So all the <laughs> opponents will have the same task, you see. They're all going to have to fight. Whoever wins is going to have to fight four fights in one night. <clears throat> it's even for both of us. So 
It's just question who have the best technique, who can uh, have the best strategy. Awesome. <clears throat> what would you like to see out of the sport going forward, Hoist? Is there any changes you'd like to see made or is there anything you'd like to see more of? Uh, I don't get involved on those. No. It's a uh, back on the beginning, it was a style against a style. It was a uh, proving grounds. What works and what doesn't. Now, it's more of an athlete. So, it's, it changed. The strategy changes. The, the time limit. Before, there was no time limit. But I understand it was proving grounds. You couldn't have time limit. You couldn't have weight division. But now everybody learned the same thing. Everybody knows great jiu-jitsu. Everybody knows how to throw a punch, how to kick, so how to wrestle. So it's the time limits. It's equal for both fighters. The time limits equal. Both know the same styles pretty much. They both know stand-up. They both know the grappling. So it's hard to change something. Yeah, for you know, for me, James, um, I, I, I personally would want it to go back to what it was in the day where there was no weight classes, no time limits, you know, and you fought anybody, you know. But I also do understand that mixed martial MMA is so big today because they have rules, because they have time, you know, they have uh, weight classes, they have time limits for TV. You know, I also understand that the reason why MMA is so big as it is today is because of the changes, you know. And I'm I'm happy about that because the bigger MMA can get, the bigger my name and Hoist's name will be. So, you know, I get critical in a way where I, I really wish it was more of a martial art back in the day. But then I do also, I'm super happy that it's such a, it's one of the biggest sports in the world right now. So, you know... What I want and what is happening, I agree it's a sport and, you know, people making a living now, people getting famous. What I think should happen is two different things. I think it's more of a, a show right now, an event, a show for TV. With no time limit, you can't predict, you can't put on live TV because you don't know how long it's going to take. If there's no time limit, you don't know. Mm -hmm. One fight might take an hour. So it's hard. So it became more like a show, I think, today. I understand. Yeah. I think Egan, I mean, Hanson understands, but doesn't agree with it. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. we, I understand. I don't agree with it, but I understand. But I like the tournament. Yes. I like the tournament style. Not on the same day, but they fight throughout the year to make a tournament. Bellator yeah, does yeah. that Bellator a lot. Does that, yeah. mm -hmm. Bellator and PFL does that, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's good to have tournaments back, I think. I like uh, but I know what you guys are saying. I, I do think there, there was a lot more element of like what will happen and just fun, I think, in, in your guys' day of, of MMA. It felt a bit more of a fun era than it does now. It's still, I still enjoy it a lot now, but I do think some of the classic fights, uh, there was a different vibe shall we say, to, to what's portrayed on, on TV right now. So a um, couple of quick things, Hoist, before we wrap, up, wrap it up. Um, 
you seem like you're in great shape. I was wondering what yeah. do you do right now? Like, do you, because some, I'm in my 30s uh, and I'm always looking at guys in, in, in your age to think like, damn, I want to be like that when I'm that age. <laughs> like you and Ensign, like you guys are in good shape. Like what do you do to stay in shape? Um, I'm always pushing myself. Like uh, two days from now, I have a swim across Tampa Bay's four mile swim, cold, cold water. Oh, and we're oh, pulling really? We're pulling about 50 to 60 pounds, I heard, on gear that we have to pull. Full gear, like the Navy SEALs, full gear up. We've got to swim across, dragging about 50 pounds of gear behind wow. us in the back. And <laughs> it should take about four that's... hours for us to go across. Whoa. Wow. That's cool. We're always pushing, we're always pushing, always uh, finding a new challenge. It doesn't matter. Any day, any day, from a hike to a run, to a swim. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so it's more, rather than sort of doing set exercises, it's more about your mindset, right? You're just looking for the new challenge. I really like that. That's really cool. It's always, always looking for a new challenge and always training for something. So can't stand to see And teaching. I travel all over the world seven months of the year teaching everywhere. So... Awesome. That's awesome. Life is good. Life is good in my world. Yeah. Me yeah. too. Life is great. <laughs> no, it's awesome to see you guys do so well, right? I think that's what a lot of viewers of this podcast would like to see. See some of the OGs, the legends, you know, living their best life right now. I think it's good inspiration, not only for uh, you know, fans like myself, but also the current fighters to know that there's life after fighting, right? There's there's good things that you guys can go and do. And and you guys are both super active with with all the activities you guys do uh you know after fighting so it's awesome i'm it's always it's always nice to see hoist i see him sometimes at the bellator in hawaii got to see him in japan again and i mean it's so awesome to see i mean he's one of the guys i really looked up to he's one of the guys that molded my my mental belief of the sport and he's one of the big reasons, you know, him and especially Henzo, they're the two guys that really I, I looked up to and uh, probably the reason why I never did tap. And it's always nice to see you, Hoist. And if you're ever in Japan, now we got our uh, contacts, so let, hit, hit me up. Yes. We go, go to dinner, go hang out, man. Be nice. I'll, I'll most likely I'll be at the Hawaii, uh, Bellator in Hawaii. Come in here. June, yeah? Uh, I think it's May. I think it's no, May. It's June. It's going to be, uh, to I think, June? the third week of June. I'll be there. Yes, it's moved to June. They got the venue. I'll see you then, man. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Hoyes, for joining us. It's always thank super you, cool guys. to uh, talk to you guys. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for watching, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Hoyes. Thank cool. you. All right. That was so awesome. Uh, I'd like to thank Hoyce for coming out and taking the time. And if you guys have any more questions on what we talked about or any other new guests you want us to bring about, let me know. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for watching, everybody. Right on.